0: Hi I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And John. Hello. No iron tonight, he has family commitments, so he is on the uh healthy scratch register, I shall we say. Um so no hit no no iron tonight. Uh guys, how you doing? John Grant, Grant. Oh uh, Dave, yeah, where you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just breaking the silence. Yeah, no, good, good. Um another busy week at work, looking forward to the game
0: on Sunday. Indeed, yeah, we've got a... It's been two weeks since the last home game here um, in Belfast um, So we have another game coming up this weekend And I am definitely looking forward to it as well uh, John, how are you doing?
2: Yeah, really good um, Been kind of the other way around for me Kind of quiet enough week i managed to find time to go get myself another tattoo So, yeah, other yeah. than that, pretty
0: good uh, I, was, I was actually going to ask as well Um, How are the legs holding up after your... Um, your crazy 24-hour three-session three-half marathon run last weekend?
2: Yeah. Legs are terrible if I'm perfectly honest. I'm pretty sure I have uh, in the last challenge, my last of three challenges, I think I've uh, managed to injure my um, ACL and my left foot. So, Um, i'm now hobbling around with a an ankle support on um and i'm just incredibly glad that i've managed to do all that at the end of everything and not at the start of everything
0: wow so i'm gonna have
2: i'm gonna have a few weeks off my feet i think
0: yeah i think it's well deserved at this point and the other question i was gonna ask is um victoria park which is obviously where you've done your 24-hour run i'm guessing you're never gonna go back there ever again in your life
2: it's gonna take a few months to get over it before i go back there um i did let me get this right i did 39 laps of that park over 18 hours
0: yeah so for anybody who isn't from belfast and doesn't know the park we're talking about um victoria park is probably the closest park to the belfast city airport so you you do fly over it sometimes if you fly into belfast city um but it it is one a one mile loop uh, around uh, a pond area like a, a little small pond lakey type thing a
2: rat infested puddle
0: yes <laughs> um and it's just a constant so if you think about john doing 39 repeat loops of of that track just over and over and over and over yeah i couldn't john i'm sorry like parkrun's enough doing three loops of that in parkrun is enough it it bores me after three three laps in parkrun park i can't imagine you doing that 39 there. times
2: to be fair, every 13, I did get to stop wow. and uh, have a, a few hours to myself. There were six hours between my um, my three laps, if you like. But there was definitely not a lot of sleep um, was done. And see, trying to eat at about half past 11, 12 o'clock for a 2 a.m. start, it's I got one pancake in and one cup of tea and that was about as far as I could go and I suffered for it but it's all been worth it um overall I've managed to raise um just over 1500 quid for um Cancer Research UK so I want to just give a massive thank you to everyone who has donated um I know a few people who listen to the podcast have donated and I know that all you guys have as well so thank you very much to everyone for that
0: you're very welcome, and it was well deserved. Um, but yes, pick your feet up now and, and, and take a bit of a rest for a few weeks, anyway. Uh, guys, let's start a podcast like we always do um, in a traditional way, and do, take a quick look at the current standings in the league and cup here in the Elite Ice Hockey League in the UK. So we'll start off with the league uh, sitting on top of the uh, top of the league is Sheffield Steelers uh, with five games played and eight points, followed by Nottingham Panthers in second with f- four games played, six points. Guildford are in third with five games and six points. Coventry in fourth, four games and five points. Cardiff are in fifth with five games and five points. Uh, Belfast Giants are in sixth with two games and two points. Manchester in seventh with three games and two points. And Fife in eighth with four games and two points. Glasgow clan are yet to play any games. Uh, They are currently having all of their players arrive in the uk as of this week uh for a start to their league campaign come the first week of november i think it's that first weekend i think they have a a, a, a pre-season shall we say game for the glasgow clan against dundee and then the full uh fully into the, the the league then the week after and the dundee stars speaking of uh, are sitting in 10th place with three games played and no points uh we'll take a quick look at the cup before i ask your opinions so in the cup we'll look at uh the group stages group a the giants are already have clinched that and have moved forward into the next stages having played six games with 10 points Dundee have played five games with six points and Fife have played five games with one point so I think it's clear that Giants and Stars will move through from group A. Group B Cardiff Devils are sitting on top with four games and six points. Guildford with four games and five points and Coventry with four games and two points. And in group C we have Sheffield Steelers sitting there with three games played and six points. Nottingham with three games played five points and Manchester with four games played and zero points. Um John, let's start with you. Um, we're now two, three weeks into the league. Um, again, still early days. You know, Max' highest games played so far have been five games in the league. Um, let's get your opinions. How do you feel we're sitting at the moment?
2: Um, first thing, Giants obviously playing their first league games last weekend past there and didn't get off to a flying start, really, with a, a loss to Cardiff. At one, one goal game really 3-2 uh, I think it ended um, but not great to to start your what is technically a, a title defence with a loss um, and we know that Cardiff are going to be one of those teams that are right up there That's they're one of the main uh competing teams but we managed to bounce back and we got a a good win uh in coventry a bit of a barnstormer um by all accounts and really really good to to see them bounce back after a, a loss and get the win on the road um sheffield though are looking like the the team to beat um again, it's it is still early doors. it's It's difficult to read anything really with sort of five, four, and five games played by most teams. Um, the only thing that you can really say is that even with Dundee having not picked up any points yet, um three games and no points, the Flyers are probably still gonna struggle long term. They're, two points that they've picked up so far and we're going to talk about it during period one um an 8-0 trouncing of the storm in the, their home leg of a home away against the storm that's not going to continue happening that's a bad road game by the storm and an exceptionally poor road game by the storm and i can't see fife getting too many favors from the other teams in the league and then interestingly it's weird to see that somehow glasgow a team who have yet to set foot on the ice, even in training, are somehow above the Dundee Stars. So clearly their win percentage is still higher than the Stars, who are three like 0 and 3, um, which is just a, a really weird way to look at the table just now. Um, but I suppose it's just the way the algorithm works. And the cup, the cup's the cup. I'm never going to be positive about the cup until we get to the knockout stages. So I'll leave it until then to talk about it.
0: That's fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dave, your thoughts.
2: Um, Yeah, yeah. So um, I
1: took the two games that the Giants had both away as positives. We we had all called that loss in Cardiff long before the Giants had even touched the ice. And we had talked about it ourselves. And We just didn't feel that it was possible to come off the games. And this is no offence to the the Scottish teams at all, um, but Cardiff is another level. Um, And I think it was a bit of a, a stretch to say, that the Giants could have came off those games in Dundee and Fife, and be able to make that uh, transition to play um, the Devils, um, and for all the night, one goal game, um, I think the Giants done were done really well. I'm um, watching the the game back. Um, I think that they did put uh, everything they had on on the line. Um, shame for a loss happens sport. These things, these things happen. Um, but then the bounce back the next night, put that behind them, get the win in uh, Coventry in that uh, rink where it is not easy to play. Um, the fans are right on top of you the entire game. So, um, yeah, I have a positives when you get them. I uh, think the two games uh, looked really well. Um, and then into the Cup, Giants clinching that uh, uh, place in the quarterfinals is, you know, Look from the matches we had to start, looked like it was going to happen. i was just glad to get that put into the bag, and then you can move forward. Um, it was, uh, it is what it is, and we just see how we go forward.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, I think you know you kind of were, were right, right on with what you said. I kind of agree with you completely about the Cardiff game. And um, you know, watching it back and and saying you know the bits and pieces that I've I've watched you know watching it back, you know you're right. It was. It wasn't that it was a bad performance at all, anyway. And we did discuss it, as you said, prior to the game. We said that this would probably be the first proper, again, as you say, no offense to the Scottish teams, but the first proper uh, test for for the Giants against a you know a, a normal competitive Cardiff team. You know, that's the team we're always every year we're looking to kind of beat. Um, so that was our first face to face with 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 it with the team that's on pretty much the same level as ourselves. And I guess that was the first test and. Um, unfortunately cardiff were the ones who who took the first win in our in the first you know the first game against each other um not a bad game and i know i've seen people saying about um you know oh we're down players and there's players injured but also cardiff had players injured as well so that's not really a defense you know and i just think on the night it came, on the night it just you know it just bounced cardiff's way unfortunately and i think it was a a disappointing goal that i'm sure uh Besco was just kicking himself about you know it was a uh, an unavoidable goal, I suppose, um, which was obviously the difference between the win and lose um, in that game. Um, yeah, it's
1: like it's like what they say, was it any given Sunday? You know, you can play that game. You know, if you went straight back into that and played it again, the result could be different.
0: 100%. Uh, and as you say then, John, um, I agree. Sheffield um, looking pretty strong. Um, not saying that I kind of predicted it at the start, but I did think um, from the offset, you know, that on the episode that you weren't here. We talked about, um, obviously, our reasons for what we thought about strengths for different teams in the league coming up this season. And I think that's shown in the Sheffield. There, Well, two things, I suppose, for Sheffield. One, uh, you know, they're a strong team who picked up momentum from having uh, a core of players who were playing together in that elite series um, earlier this year. Uh, That's obviously helped in some ways. The second is this weird (sighs) goalie dynamic, goalie... Thing that they've got going there in Sheffield um bringing in that um that newer player from was it like Poland or from like Austria or somewhere was he from um as kind of like a um, a second backup kind of variation to Barry Bryce or whatever and it's interesting how they're how they're playing that um he's had more ice time this new guy's had more ice time, and I think if you, I don't know if you've seen the picture that's going around from the from this weekend, I think there's a caption competition at the moment on Twitter uh for an image of the the Sheffield's goalie behind uh one of the one of the one of the forwards for the um i think it was manchester i think it was uh i think it was Manchester. Or it was dundee and anyway, it doesn't matter uh but it's the height difference is scary like it is shockingly big like the guy i don't even know how he fits in the goal it's just
2: it looks you... like it looks like someone put a defender in goal gear like that that's a guy who should be playing like left defense
0: he's massive like it's huge like the picture is it's if you haven't seen it go and have a look, um, it's it's stark, there's a stark mass, <laughs> stark difference in terms of height, um, but yeah, Sheffield have something, something going there for them, um, in terms of, you know, obviously the league, um, you know, they're, they're, they've they started well, and they're going strong, and I suppose then, that's following up a wee bit as well, in the uh, cup, you know, having played three games, and won six points from the three games, you know, so um, Sheffield are off to a good start, so just a um, matter of time to see, how they keep going, later in the season, Um guys i'll move on to well there's no point really moving on to the nhl at the moment because um it's only really started in this last week or so so there's not really much to kind of uh, touch upon in terms of um standings in relation to where we are i think the max is four games have been played um so i don't think there's any real point running through that at this time is there what's your thoughts
2: no well, well I'm going to talk about the preds later on anyway so uh, okay. I'm happy to leave it until the period 3
0: No worries cuz I was going to say the only thing the only thing of note would probably be that um yeah I don't think I think the only thing well Dave's uh, probably the only one to be like oh yeah can you not comment on it because uh obviously Minnesota are sitting second there in the western um, conference with uh three games played and six points six full, full uh, they've got full points so far unbeaten so um yeah, I think <laughs> Dave's the only one that's probably sitting going, uh, can we not talk it? Why can't we talk about it? So I know.
1: It's probably the only time this season I'll be able to brag about it.
0: Dave, you got any, do you want to have you got any comments there before we move on?
1: I'm actually raging because I haven't seen any of the games. Normally if I, I would have got in, especially whenever they start winning, I'd get watching a couple of games. I just have not had time. It's been that busy.
0: Um, and I guess also Aaron's on the podcast, so he can't... Um, he, he can't comment either because obviously philadelphia although they have um had an overtime loss but uh they are sitting with three games and five points they're sitting second in the mitch Palton, um division so um yeah so <laughs> with that we'll i think we'll just move swiftly on Um guys if you has got any more anything else before we move on to our period one
2: no. no
0: great well with that then we'll move straight on to our period one of hockey Okay, period one is a roundup of local coverage from around the UK, um, starting with the Elite League, I think. No, actually, do you know what? Let's not start with the Elite League. Uh, guys, a um, couple of stories um, for us in our running order for this week. Um, I'm going to start off with um, the EIHA, um, a statement that they put out from a under-18s game this past Sunday, the 17th of October. Um If you weren't aware of it, there was an incident that occurred during an under-18s game um, this past Sunday, Um, and the EIHA uh, will be uh, conducting an investigation into the incident um, in line with policies and procedures they have in place. The incident did involve individuals under the age of 18 uh, therefore, the, the details of those involved will not be shared across social media for safeguarding purposes. Obviously, under eighteen, um, the I uh, the IHA are committed to providing an environment which seeks to encourage an open, diverse community. This is reflective in the values and behaviours that respect of rights and dignity. uh the this is in relation to a incident that happened this past Sunday, as mentioned, um, during a Bradford and Telford game. Um, during that game, the Telford coach was abusive to a the scorer. Um. Of Bradford, um, after the goal had just been scored, I think it was number four. Uh, racial language was used towards the 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 player, um, being called uh, well, a well, certain word we'll never use on the podcast, a word that should never be used, um. And as such, because of that, the game had to be abandoned at 53 minutes and 36 seconds uh, as both coaches, uh, refs and rank management tried to resolve the issue with unsuccess- with no success, sorry, I should say. Um, obviously, this is, uh, I mean, where do you even start with this? Um, you know, we had, we had obviously that incident that happened um, a few weeks back uh, in the Ukraine, where there was racial abuse used there, uh, but this is—I mean, let's let's be let's be brutally honest about it. This is not on. I mean, this is this is a coach for a team of under-18s using racial language towards a player that should never happen. I mean, Dave, what's your, what's your thoughts?
1: It's completely unbelievable. Um, like it seems like a big step back in time. Um, you know, it's really. It's really disconcerting, you know. You think that these things are are, are going um, going away, you know, and then suddenly, boom, there's straight back in your face, and it just shows you that the um, that these things are just there all the time, and it's unbelievable what uh, what some players have to put up with, um, and it needs like serious addressing, you know. There's all this. Uh, there's like an undercurrent of um, racism in some. Uh, And not necessarily just in sport, but like almost all the time. And it's, it's sickening. Um, And I hope that there's something serious done, um, especially as this is an under 18s and there should be, this guy is meant to be, you know, teaching these kids. um, And he's coming out with that. What is that going to do for his entire team? They're going to think, oh, sure. That's what my coach does. And that's just, just wrong.
0: I agreed. I mean it's uh, yeah, exactly. I mean you're setting you're setting a you know, you're supposed to be setting a standard, you're supposed to be setting a you know, you're supposed to be a role model at that point, especially with under eighteens. Um and the coach for for it being anybody but the coach. I mean the coach is even worse. John, um what 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 about you? Your thoughts on this issue?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Same as Dave. It's it's entirely unacceptable. It wouldn't be acceptable in the pro game. We know that it's not. It wouldn't be acceptable in the elite league. It wouldn't be acceptable in the um, over-18s or the, I don't want to call it the adults, um, EIHA, but it it wouldn't. It's wholly unacceptable in the under-18s and the youth game uh, for all the reasons that they've said, because this is setting a legacy that these kids are going to then move forward with. The problem is that you're gonna have kids who are um, who look at these coaches and hold them up as the person they want to emulate for the rest of their life. And no matter what happens here, there will be people and there will be players on these teams who will back these people to the help, no matter what outrage there is online or in person or whatever. And this one example could set someone down the wrong way and put everything back by ten years uh for those people uh and it's it's wholly unacceptable and there absolutely has to be huge repercussions for this individual
0: agreed um we'll keep an eye on that story obviously uh the eiha will be investigating and obviously will be looking to um you know probably release something further for more information um as the investigation continues um so we'll keep an eye on that and we'll give an update in our next podcast um as to how that came out um john i think we'll move on to your story next if that's okay
2: yeah sure um so this was just a, a really quick one just to mention so we're moving back to the elite league and uh, the flyers we've been keeping an eye on them obviously i've got history everyone knows by this point i have history with fife and uh, They've had a tight run. They last weekend there uh, didn't start very well for them. They had a, a five-nil away trouncing by Manchester Storm, um, and for the first time this season, quite a large number of Five fans travelled to watch that game, and supposedly, following the game, uh, a few fans got in the face of players and coaching staff. Um, basically voicing their opinion uh, in what I'm sure was a very level-headed, Kerkoddy way. <coughs> and basically saying, <coughs> sorry, choking. A Pfeiffer, criticizing Fifers. that's what happens. Um, yeah, so this then resulted, or I don't want to say this resulted. Um, the following night, the Flyers skated out in Kerkoddy against the Storm and hammered them 8-0 Shane Owen getting his first shutout of the season um, and multiple two goal scorers across the game, just exactly what the Flyers fans have been asking for is a 60 minute game now admittedly um, from reports and there has been an apology put out by um, the Storm coaching staff that that was wholly unacceptable and that uh, Ryan Finerty will not be standing for that sort of road game again Um but the more interesting response to all of this is that the, the Fife Flyers Official Supporters Club has put out uh, an official statement uh, regarding the conduct of some members, potential members and travelling fans. Um, and basically, there will be bans, uh, is what they're saying, for anyone who's proven to have taken part in this. Now, the reason that I bring this up is um, actually because... <sighs> as things are kind of going on social media the official supporters club of the five flyers has started blocking people who have criticized their decision online rather than back up their decision they've started blocking people and this is people from all across the league who were either tongue in cheek having a go at them or were actually having a go at them um, especially given the the fact that the the fans maybe having an opportunity outside of the the rink in Manchester, having the opportunity to voice their concerns uh, for the first time maybe this season to players and coaching staff, uh, in not an online setting. It, you can't argue with results. It worked. <laughs> um, guys, what do you what do you think about this um, odd sort of kind of event that the team themselves officially said nothing about anything that was said yet their official supporters club have come out with a statement.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess um, it's interesting that yeah the, the the official fan club were the ones who decided to come out and, and make a statement. Um, I don't know. I mean, I suppose are they they're, they're they're the official supporters club. I suppose so. In some ways, is it the, is it the team addressing it with? Does, is the team has went to the official supporters club and said, um, you know as official as you are officially linked to this team therefore you need to make a statement it's not going to be us making that statement it needs to be you making that statement is it a case of maybe that's how it's happened you know would it be the case of like say for example something like similar happened with Belfast would they expect the official supporters club to make a make the statement because it was a something that was run by them it was created by them and they're using the Belfast name so is it the same here they're using the Fife name and it's kind of like you know you need to you need to make this right. You need to make this statement. I, I don't know. Um, that's the only thing I could think it is.
1: Yeah, uh, It's a bit. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a weird one. I, I have to agree with you. You can't argue with the results. Um, you know, you get sometimes that's what happens in the locker room. You know, that's what the, the owners and, ma- and managers and coaches and all. It's probably the exact same thing, maybe just a little bit less colorful, um, but you never know. But, you know, the thing that I, I take away from it is it must be just something that happens whenever you're linked to Fife. Sure, we still can't speak to their webcast provider.
0: That's true. We've been blocked oh, for yeah, how many
1: yeah.
2: years now?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: many years.
0: <laughs> many, many, many um. years. Um, I did see. it's
2: It's an interesting argument. It's an interesting argument. Like you look at professional sports, and I know that like players and coaching staff and everyone's mental health is like paramount these days. But criticism of your your play and the results is a major part of professional sports, and clearly winning is the most important thing, whether you're a fan or whether you're a player. And like maybe sometimes hearing that your your home fan base is not happy with what's happening i mean you wouldn't have to be a professor or anything to realize that fans in fife weren't going to be happy with what was going on um, i'm sure they're more than happy with an 8-0 win at home as well for their first win of the season but is there an yeah. element of that criticism that is actually part of not just this sport but all sport i think just probably- taking it away move get rid of something I think you're probably right,
1: um, as long as it's done correctly. But what the the risk is is when you don't have that open discourse, that open ability to, you know, highlight issues um, either through um, having an outlet, uh, maybe on social media, or even the likes of um, ourselves or other podcasts who aren't linked or aren't uh, part of the the overall um, league, um, that they can say what they want and make a and make a point of it. Um, the the worst thing is when you don't have that open discourse fans vote with their feet and they don't come to games and the worst thing that happens is then the teams lose money and then it's a downward spiral
2: well we've seen this haven't we, we yeah, we've seen it in Manchester. Edinburgh um, we've seen it in Manchester we've seen it in Edinburgh and like people before this oh, last so. weekend were starting to make comparisons and were calling Fife the Fife Capitals um, <laughs> because they were seeing one or two class players. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. The Giants, especially, are especially guilty of when the Caps were on the ropes, mm-hmm. being able to look at the the diamonds in that locker room and bring them across. Um, you've got prime examples. David Rutherford, for example, Richard, um, was brought across him and Besco. Yeah. Mm, yep. Um, and then, I mean, but the Giants side. have already the Giants have already done it with um, with Fife. We've had Matt Nickerson come across and was hugely successful over with us um Shane Owen previously of Fife and now of Fife again um was brought across because we were able to see his potential um and I genuinely think that's a fan base who are worried and I think one of the biggest problems is the ownership started at the back end just before Covid making it look like they were going to get more involved with fans and then that's disappeared again it's all gone and I think fans there are so frustrated with the way that things have gone, and the fact that they don't have an outlet. So what we're actually saying is they need a podcast. And uh, <laughs> I know I know a few guys who do podcasts. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, it was interesting also for that weekend um, that Manchester also put out a club statement um, about the games. I don't know if you guys have seen that, um, but on Monday, this past Monday after that weekend, they put out a statement to basically say, you know, first and foremost, you know thank the fans for continuing supporting and traveling up um, and, and everything else but they were saying that you know obviously after the convincing 5-0 victory over Fife in the storm shelter uh, then there was the turnaround and then what happened to the massive heavy defeat in Fife uh, and it was kind of like a you know it's not acceptable you know they have to make quick they have to act quickly to make adjustments where it's needed you know um, they need to be make sure that they're competitive every single night of the week you know it was interesting that they came out and, you know, obviously Ryan Finnerty also made a comment, you know, put out an official statement as well as part of that, you know. So it was interesting that it was like, obviously, you know, you kind of got almost like hand and like vice versa, where this the club have come out, Manchester have come out and said, we hold our hands up, we're listening to what you guys are saying and we can clearly he- we can clearly hear what you're telling us, that you're frustrated and annoyed, but we're also frustrated and annoyed with what's going on and we will act on it. So that and is look, yeah
2: again yeah again you can't argue with the results. The Manchester Storm are currently right at this minute are playing the Dundee Stars, and at the end of the first period, the score is four 0 Storm. So calling calling out calling out poor performance can breed results.
1: Yeah. And then so there's the also players,
2: yeah, the, you probably find a lot of those
1: players, especially in uh, Manchester, are probably sitting worried about their jobs now. So that's
2: when you start to see those big. Hopefully big performances. Mate, To be fair, if any locker room should be looking at their contracts, like toilet paper, it's the ones in Fife. <laughs> I've never heard that saying before. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a new, it's coined. Door 14 said it first. The elite, elite contracts are useful as toilet Actually, they're probably less useful than toilet paper, but they're probably more useful as toilet paper than they are as professional contracts.
0: <laughs> uh, good. Okay, (laughs) let's move on. Uh, Dave, we're going to move to you. You've got the last story of this period.
1: Yes, so mine, uh, I suppose it's maybe, I was going to say it's not all doom and gloom, but I suppose there is other players, other teams involved, so it's not good for everybody. But we're following up on a story, which we have started to do recently, which is amazing. Um, And this one here, we're following up on the Leeds Knights on their opening weekend. Um, with back-to-back wins in front of a record crowd, um, 1,100 fans. And it was a, against the Bracknell Bees and the Phantoms, I think. Let me just double-check. The Phantoms, yeah. Look at me remember, what I actually put in my run order. A 5-2 five, a 5 against the Bees and a 5-3 against the Phantoms. Um, what an opening weekend for a new team, new coach, um, new, new owners. The whole shebang. Um, to to step in and get those big big wins against really well established teams. Um, obviously, Bracknell Bees, we have uh, an awful lot of history with, and uh, the Phantoms is where we got Peaks from back in the day, uh, Creep Peacock. So, you know, the, a lot of history there. Um, but getting getting away the wins and getting their record crowds in their first week, uh, first weekend, uh, in the NIHL.
0: Yeah, I mean one of the big things that stands out for me, um, and we talked about this as well, there's a couple of there's a couple of really interesting names um, obviously playing there, um, for Leeds um, that we know, you know, that we know, you know, quite familiar names, like Sam Gospel, um, and also uh Brandon Whistle. Um and I know we've yeah. had jokes in the past about Brandon Whistle, but he has you know, in this past Looks like year, a machine now. Yeah, in this past year he has really stepped up and really developed, I think, as as a young player. I mean he as in the scoring sheet, I think twice that week over the weekend as well for, for them. Um, one of those games was a, you know, took them from a tie game into um taking the lead. So I mean, he's 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 doing well and um, playing for leads there. Um, so I just th- thought I'd mention that too, and um, because I've seen his name was mentioned a couple of times in that article.
1: Uh John, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, um, anytime you see. I suppose what really is a rebranded franchise um, rather than a, an entirely new franchise. Um, it's good to see them get off to that winning start because that's what can really draw crowds in and that's what can make a successful franchise. Um, and Any, any increase in the number of teams and the number of viable and successful teams that we've got in the country, then all the better. And, to be honest, when it comes to youth development, the more of them in England, the better, because they seem to be the only country really interested in developing uh, young players right now. Yeah, I have to agree with you, John, there. Um, um, but yeah, just, I thought we would uh, follow up
1: on uh, a story which we covered, I think, maybe the tail end of, there's a two or three podcast ago.
0: Yeah, it um, was. But,
1: but yeah, so I think that's uh, everything on that one.
0: Great. Thank you, Dave. Um, that takes that's the last of our stories for this period. But we'll, what we'll do is we'll we'll quickly switch over to our penalty box segment for period one. Our penalty box segment we moved it to the end of each period. Um, and it will focus on penalties from each of the leagues, both obviously one, we'll look at elite league and any other UK leagues. Um, these are just stories of note of players who, with suspensions or major incidents within a game that uh, have struck our attention and that we want to discuss. Uh, we have two uh, stories in the penalty box segment um, for this week. One of them uh, is a bit is a bit slightly older. It's dated from obviously the second weekend of play. Um, in the elite league so it was just over two weeks ago now uh, and the second one then is more recent as of this past weekend but I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on one of them guys well I want to get your thoughts on both of them obviously but we'll, get, well the reason why I decided to include the first one was because I really wanted your opinions on this because it was quite an interesting conversation happening on social media about the first uh, suspension, and that is obviously the suspension of Anthony Deluca um, uh, for the Sheffield Steelers. Uh, he was uh, he, he ended up with a two-game suspension for kicking against Guildford Flames. Uh, in the video, you'll see the video uh, Deluca delivers a kick to the body of Flames goaltender Kevin Lutzug. Um As the video, you can see it clearly. There is a point where game is halted and stopped um as the goalie puts the uh you know puts his glove down game is stopped and deluca then for whatever reason i fully that was never really kind of discussed never anything put out deluca did put a message out the next day saying he was ashamed of what he did and that he should never have done it but for whatever reason he decided to swing his foot in a kicking motion and it was clearly a kick uh, into the very close proximity of the goaltender um, up towards his almost like chest area as it looks like on the video Um, the kick wasn't forceful but it was still a clear you know still a clear kick um and it was assessed by the ice of, on ice officials um and DOPS then have since then since uh, reviewed that afterwards and added on additional penalties so the the kick uh was classified because Duluka wasn't a, a classified as a repeat offender, Offender, they were looking specifically at this kicking motion um, and as such then they, DeLuca was fined and suspended for two games. Um, The key points taken from that was obviously a kicking and no non-repeat offence. Guys, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this. Obviously, as I said, social media kind of was, I'm not saying it was torn um, because I think everybody was in agreement that the kick should never have taken place, but I... I guess where the where the social media posts were going were quite... You know, you had one group, as you always do, you had one group on social media saying that it was like the most shocking thing you've ever seen in your whole entire life. Uh, and then you had another group of fans who were saying it was a kick, calm down. It wasn't that forceful and it wasn't as aggressive as what people were making out. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts. John, I'm going to start with you. What's your thoughts on this kick?
2: Um... It's not, like, put it in context. It's not forceful. It's still, and you might want to beat this, I don't know, it's a move, um, or if anything. Um, it shouldn't be in the game, like, at all, especially the build-up to it. There is a goal scored on the play. Um, De Luca makes the, the first shot. It's a weak backhand shot, but a rebound comes out from Lindsgog and um, uh, a Steelers uh, player puts it in. I thought Deluca it was- stops short.
0: Was it not? Was it not a stop? Was the play not stopped? No, no, no. It's a, it's a a goal. Right, okay. So
2: it's a goal celebration. That's why. That's why all the Steelers end up in in the goal area. Um, the Flames goalie is kind of facing into his goal um, when he gets kicked, or when the kick is delivered, um, and a few Steelers are around him because they're celebrating the goal. Um, but Deluca takes a step. He stops well short of the goalie, but then takes a step towards. Uh, Lindskog to then deliver the kick, and that for me is the biggest problem. Is he, he? It's not a case of he skated up to him and he skate happened to rise up or anything. It's a premeditated um, act, and he, he he aimed the swing and aimed to kick at somebody. Um, the most hilarious thing that was coming out of this whole thing was people, especially in the Steelers' camp, it has to be said, were likening this incident to the Galakos incident from a few seasons
0: ago, mm, Yep, I've seen um, that.
2: where where Galakos got jumped by a Steeler. Um, was it? It was Fretter, wasn't it, Colton Fretter? Yep. And he, Galakos, shifted his leg out and in a motion that was designed to push himself away from. The Steelers player who was jumping him, not a kick, and people were racing to the defence of Deluca based on the the judgement that the elite league uh, put out at that point about that one, which was the the whole disaster. This was a a deadly kick that could have cut this guy in half. I mean, catch yourselves on for a start. But um, yeah, social media. We've already talked about it. It's a dangerous thing. And. Uh, to be honest, I think the right decision has been made here. I think it's a two-game ban. I think it's a good decision, and I think it's a good marker to put down by the Elite League on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dave, your thoughts? Any any different from John's?
2: Um,
1: where do you start? Um, first of all, it's it's against the netminder. If it had been against a, uh, a defenseman or anything else, I would be inclined to agree 100% with John. It's against the netminder. Netminders are off-limits. That is just the law. You know, that's the code. Um, and the the me that should have been put down, uh, they should have used that and made it a bit more of a statement. But where on earth was was the why was this guy not leaving the rink with like black eyes and stuff? Like yes, this,
2: yes, that one hundred percent. There are sixteen <laughs> flames players on that bench. That should have been a bench clearance, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, mm,
1: yeah. I mean, that I'm a bit old school. Maybe I'm not. A, I actually don't like really like fights in the game. But when you're someone messes with your napinder. That's sort of what the fighting is almost about, you know, especially if that guy isn't kicked out of the game um, or if something's missed. Um, I do think personally that we should have seen more. Obviously, we didn't, but um, I do think two games, fair enough. We can, you know, our Dops is, you know, it's, they could have tried to give him one, um, so they give him two. It's more than what they normally hand out. Um, would I have been disappointed or find it weird if they had given him um, three or four? No, I think that would have been more more reasonable. Um, but two is what it is. You know, he's getting two games. The normally our league, it's a it's a one game ban they hand out for anything. Um, but it's uh, you know, if it happens again, and if he does something again, hopefully they will use this repeat offender rule and you know make a statement of it.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, it's it's an interesting um in terms of you know what you guys were saying. You know, that it is a repeat offender thing, and w- it will be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, hopefully, it'll, it won't happen again, and he has learned from it. But um, yeah, I I think it was as I said, it was kind of when it happened. I I did see quite a, a few mixed reactions. As you say, I seen the the extreme John of like you know, it was. You know this guy could be cut in half to the other extreme of like you know oh, it was tap, it was a tap you know whatever it, 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 i think you're right it's been handled correctly i think it got the right level of ban um and i think actually dops got it right for a change um speaking of dops the other story that i've put in here is um it's more of a question around what your guys thoughts are on how dops are handling some well it's a rule dops have put in without a lot of clarity, rather than the actual penalty itself. And I'll explain that what I mean. Um, this past week, Dundee Stars' Cal Haas was fined for the um, game miscontact aggressor penalty uh, at 33 minutes and 5 seconds during the game against Guilford. Um, the incident uh, was added to his record for the remainder of 2021-2020 season and it would be classified as a repeat offender uh, if it happens again i guess the reason why i'm bringing this up and the question i'm asking is that and this is something i didn't really understand uh supposedly there was a board meeting held on the 5th of october in which the premier sports elite league teams the 10 teams in the league approved a motion granting the department of player safety the ability to issue fines to players without suspension were deemed necessary so kind of similar to what they do in the nhl where instead of they get a penalty they'll just automatically be given a fine the difference obviously being in that in the nhl when a fine is levied to a player or a team they're quite transparent about how much that fine costs, or how much that fine is going to be for that player? Um. So what I was interested in was that there was no like obviously this is uh, I suppose it's significant for the player for the teams and the players to obviously for this change this rule to happen, but I guess there was no real clarity around like that wasn't I don't before this weekend I hadn't even realized that that was something that was originally brought in by the team or by the league. Um. So I suppose my question to you guys was was this something you guys were aware of? Did you know this fine was? There was, there was a fine like levy almost brought in and and I suppose I wanted to get your thoughts on how you feel about should the, the league be more transparent similar to the NHL about how much that fine costs based on what your penalty is for John I'll go with you first do you think that the league should be I suppose transparent about you know uh you know like example for example Cal Haas got a fine, a game misconduct fine for an aggressor penalty. So, therefore, an aggressor penalty should equal X amount of money. Or, you know, should it be like, you know, a a slew footing that results in injury results in a penalty, a fine, you know, that'll be a different penalty uh, or a different cost. What's your thoughts on that?
2: Listen, transparency. No organisation that's doing things right should be worried about transparency. Um, but we continually expect better every season from the elite league, and we expect transparency, and it never comes, and we're all shocked every season. Um, my my biggest one or biggest problem with this um, reporting of this fine to um, Haas is that Dops have actually the, the Dops product maybe not the decisions, has been very good. We've had really good explanatory videos. Um, The Elite League guys have done a brilliant job of putting those out. For this one, we have no video, no further explanation. And to be fair, if this is an aggressor penalty, um, it's clearly fists being thrown. It's about um, a Guilford player not being a willing combatant. surely there's video footage of this um surely there was a camera on it and surely the same sort of video product can be put out so that's missing in this one um my other big concern with this is um now with the nhl we all know that the the fines are all put to specific purposes whether it's to the players association or whether it's to other other causes um normally it's towards the the funds that go to players if they're injured to a certain degree and can't play and that can help relieve the financial burden I specifically would like to know what happens with this fine money Um, now I did know that fines were coming and in a couple of the other DOPS rulings that we've seen already this season there have been fines have been levied against either the team or the player as well but so far we haven't really heard anything about what those fines go towards like are we just paying somebody's wages at Elite League Towers um are we buying the owner another ivory backscratcher or is this going towards some sort of player um benevolency fund uh, or or what what's happening with it um and that's that's my biggest concern uh, with the financial side of it
0: mm, it's a good point it's a very good point actually uh dave um your thoughts and generally about the finds as well um you know in terms of um transparency
1: um, yeah, I agree with a lot of stuff that John said. <clears throat> this one here, being you know, they levy levying a fine, it seems to be just it's like almost like a, a Friday night. I can't be bothered reviewing all that footage, so we'll just give him a fine, you know, because it's the the entire quality is nowhere near what even um, the Anthony Lucas, um one we just watched a few minutes ago. You know, the the gold header kick, and it's you know you're looking at this, and it's just it's like it's like seeing You know the old dops we used to get before the whole shake-up um, where it was just so-and-so got banned for three games for this reason? Um, You know, it feels like that. It feels like a backwards step. Um, I didn't know uh, fines were coming in. I mustn't have been paying enough attention. Um, I do like the idea of fines because that hits the players harder. Um, Now, the risk you have is that the elite league, obviously the Players aren't getting paid a fortune, so any fine will would have a bigger impact on them than it would do in the likes of the NHL, which uh, we'll actually be talking about in the the over or the um, penalty box segment for period two. Um, but it's another way to try and um, rattle this stuff out of the game. Um, the it would be nice to see a proper descriptor, um, so that if it happens again, you know that it's definitely the same thing. Um, we as elite as elite league fans don't have the benefit of watching every game and um, so whenever it comes to things like dops it's nice whenever they provide the video footage so that we are aware <clears throat> as a side as of a non-invested players uh, non-invested sorry fans of these teams um we're not going to sit down and watch a full game um but we would pay attention to these things and if it's if it's resulted in a, a fine, it's, I would put, uh, I would say it's probably not going to be highlighted in the in the highlights um, to the extent that you would want to to sort of get the feel of what happened. Um, and then again, with what John said, where's the money going? Um, I do think that it's it's definitely probably not going to a charity. I would say it is going to pay someone's wages, or it's going to um, increase the profitability of each of the teams. Um, but that's a slippery slope. Does it become a uh, handed out fines for five minutes or major penalties just to get a bit of fundage in. Um, it's it's interesting to be able to watch them.
0: Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, and again, I think that's another area that we will keep an eye on um, as the season progresses to see how the elite league do use this new fine system.
1: Pull um, it up on stories like we, we do all the time.
0: Look at us. We're, we're, we're starting to do it more often. Um, okay, guys. <laughs> just,
2: just wait to the next period
0: oh (laughs) good segue there john um that actually takes us to the end of our period one and that's the end of our penalty box segment as well for period one so what we'll do is uh, we'll get moved on to our period two and go into what you're talking about so with that we'll switch over to period two of hockey
1: Hello and uh, welcome to Period 2 of Hockey, where we just talk about Evander uh, Kane. Um, <laughs> so, welcome to the Evander Kane show. Uh, <laughs> um, I couldn't think of it. There's, by the way, there's actually nothing happened in hockey in history, so we'll say it again. Um, last the podcast, we talked about Evander Kane, so this podcast, we're going to talk about Evander Kane. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, Evander Kane, last episode, we did talk about the, the Elite League, where obviously... A number of different things have happened with the Vanderkane this year. If you, you haven't heard the podcast or you missed the podcast in previous weeks or you haven't been up to date with the uh, um current run of form, we had the shenanigans, uh, shenanigans of being investigated by the league for supposed um, alleged, shall we say, um, fixing of games for betting purposes, which came to nothing. Then we had the. Um, allegations from his estranged wife of uh domestic violence and domestic abuse um again that is hasn't went any further either um that's currently Sitting separate, and as of last week, we talked about the during the training camp. Reports came in that Kane was being investigated by the league for using a fake vaccination card, stating that he had been vaccinated for COVID nineteen, and there actually Did was you a fake. See some of the memes. Uh, Did you see some of the memes? It's ridiculous, guys. I mean, he has been now suspended for twenty one games uh until November thirtieth for violating the NHL's covid 19 protocol because it was found that he was indeed faking a vaccination card um (laughs) i mean
2: my my favorite my favorite meme that came out of it was um someone put a a post of uh, a photo of kane handing over uh like an arby's receipt and on the back of it it said i has had covid vaccine
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh it's i've seen a couple of different ones um uh, And it's just, I mean, you, you know, like he put out an apology, he put out a statement, Kim put out a statement saying, I would like to apologize to my teammates, San Jose Sharks organization, and all the Sharks fans for violating the NHL COVID protocols. Uh, And the statement he went on to say, I made a mistake, one I sincerely regret and take responsibility for. During my suspension, I will continue to participate in counseling to help me make better decisions in my future. When my suspension is over, I plan to return to the ice with great effort, determination and the love of the game of hockey. I mean...
2: Well, my my biggest problem with this is they they haven't specifically said that his ban is for the use of a fake vaccine card because, and this is the clincher, if it was, it's illegal in the US and Canada to fake a vaccine card. So not only if um, they've banned him for that, they would be implicating him in a criminal act and he would go to jail, son
0: yeah i mean he has done nothing for himself this last few weeks i mean absolutely nothing for himself i mean there was because i mean was it uh the league came out and said this week that they are i think there's only four players in total across the league who haven't had their COVID vaccines um yep. for various reasons or whatever and they didn't state whether or not that those players would be getting their COVID vaccines or not but i mean <sighs> yeah i mean <laughs> that's, i don't know i i it's just it. like he's a piece of work like isn't he it's it's just an interesting you know spot to get himself in again i mean you know when it, when, i mean obviously there's all these other things that are being investigated and you, you know i think obviously he was like you know that's not drama enough let's let's throw in an extra thing i suppose the question is you know wonder why he decided there was a point where it was just that he decided that you know he didn't want that his morals meant that he didn't want to be you know vaccinated was he an anti-vaxxer that didn't want to be vaccinated therefore he just kind of made up the fact that he had been so got a fake vaccination card for it i i don't know um but i mean
2: i think we're giving him too much credit for forethought here
0: <laughs> um but yes yeah, so there you go dave there's vander kane again uh for this period of hockey for you i, I don't come
2: even back, know come back seven. next week for the next chapter <laughs> it's
1: like, it's like, i feel like wrapping up the period and moving on to period three but <laughs> i just can't get over like it's uh it was becoming a bit of a joke we were sitting chatting about it in our own uh whatsapp group about what's he gonna do next and then suddenly bang in the news
0: yeah. actually do you know what whenever um because we had been joking around about it and um i spotted it and i <laughs> messaged you guys and i was like uh, is he doing this on purpose just to be added to our running order uh, it's just it's 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 humor it's just comical now um i i think i know i expect just every week when i'm when i'm doing my homework for for the podcast for the running order i just expect to see evander's name and be like oh there we go easy easy pickings
1: here's a question for you guys so there i've watched a i've i've, I've watched a few things on youtube and whatnot for different uh hockey related shows um every single one of them have said the same thing, is that uh, during this process that the, the sharks aren't going to stand by him um, and they're going to look to ship him off because he's just made so much bad press. Um, if he went up and uh, was available for uh, trade, would you even think about it?
2: Franchise suicide, bringing a guy <laughs> like that. In. Absolute franchise suicide.
0: <laughs> I guess, you, yeah, I, I, my thoughts are, I mean, I, I originally, I think I said this, I think I, I mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts about, you know, the fact that he, there's been so many things now that I guess that, you know, the Sharks need to kind of decide, you know, when is it at the point where he is bringing our club and the name of our club into disrepute and when is there a point where it comes where we decide he is doing no favours for himself and actually he's a risk of a player that we've brought in and therefore we need to start thinking seriously about whether or not we continue having a connection with Evander Kane um I guess parts of it were just like they maybe they felt part of it was that they obviously maybe felt obligated that they need to stand by him for a certain length of time but I think it's only it's only going to be a short amount of time before they decide uh you know before we see the headline you know San Jose Sharks part ways with Evander Kane you know we wish him best in all his future endeavors you know I think that's going to come yeah. soon which team picks him up I would
1: take him I would take him for a draft pick <laughs>
0: i don't know i i mean
1: he's good for 20 goals a season
0: like but do you risk it i mean you know does he do you bring I have no idea. A, again it's a name it's a name of a player you're like do you want to bring that that player you know and risk future s- just stupid decisions uh, being see, made and
2: see if it was me see if it was me if it was my team i'd rather they sign harry kane not evander kane <laughs>
0: uh i'm gonna pretend i know who that is <laughs> yeah 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 uh, Yep, yeah, great yeah yeah harry it's kane
2: english
0: football oh okay yep sorry um i didn't know that okay thank you
1: <laughs> if he did a uh theo florian turned his life around um would you take him in the giants
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, take him to.
1: <laughs>
0: Will we see him elite... in we'll the elite league? Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> um,
1: oh, there we go. I think that's. I think that's all we can talk about with the founder here this week. Um, I'll fire back over to you, Marty. I think you've got a couple of stories. You want to talk um, about.
0: yeah, uh, I've got two more. If that's okay.
1: Um, yes, go, ahead, the,
0: the first one was just a uh, it was announced this week um, obviously the, the news is coming out uh, and I think we've got a couple more bits and pieces about the Winter Olympics that are coming up in 2022 uh, we are coming up obviously um, we're in the build up towards the 2022 Olympics you know teams and stuff are being named we've got uh you know, different countries starting to kind of do some friendlies. We've got some, you know, things coming about. But also this week then it was announced that uh, a very familiar name, shall we say, for the NHL, uh, Ev- 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 Kolvachuk um has been named the general manager of Russia's Olympic team um, that will be taking part in uh, Beijing. I suppose what has, was more of a surprise about this one was probably not, it was, probably wasn't a surprise in that he would be named coach at some point because I think, you know, I think it was kind of a an obvious it's an obvious progression that Kovachuk was going to take over as coach at some point because I think the other name that obviously we all know um, that might take over in the future Um you know, is currently still in his playing days for, for Washington in the NHL. So that's not going to be anytime soon. Um, but Kovachuk, I suppose, why came a bit of a surprise was he has been playing. Um, he had been playing in the KHL um, and he played last season in the KHL and he was supposed to be playing again this season. Um, but for some reason, and he hadn't announced that he had retired, but officially now it looks like he has retired from playing career and has been announced now as the GM for Russia's uh, Olympic team. Um, starting... As of last week, pretty much. Um, I suppose it's a good strong figure for them to bring in as their um, as their coach. Uh, I suppose two ways: we have a, a a a player, a coach who has who's synonymous with being a former player in the NHL, but also he is also a um, you know KHL player as well, racking up uh, you know games there too. Uh, um, guys, I mean, nothing. I suppose there's not a lot of. Um, Not to ask about this but you know your thoughts i mean is it a was it a kind of like a a no no brainer kind of obvious decision for russia to make in the end uh john your thoughts
2: yeah it's pretty much a no-brainer especially um when you've got the this will be the first winter olympics in i think the last three where the nhl talent pool is available for selection so this is a, a time where Russia aren't kind of, you want to call the odds on favorites because they're drawing from pretty much the KHL pool. They're putting a bunch of pros against a bunch of AHLers. Um, so the fact that you've got Kovalchuk coming in and he's going to be able to select from the, the Russian pool of KHL and NHL talent. I mean, he's, he's going to be coaching Ovi, let's be perfectly honest. Um, and, yeah, you've got to say that if he's got any sort of coaching um stones like he has or had player stones, they're well on for a gold medal already.
0: Yeah, um agreed and and Dave, your your thoughts on it as well?
1: Uh, I think at a uh, you know, at some stage he was going to become uh, a massive leader in the the um, in the Russian team. Uh Kolchuk's a legend. I thought you uh, were just going to say
2: in Russia. In Russia, the yeah. Next president.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll give it a few years. Um, <laughs> what, what I was wondering is there any news of? Uh, are they be are they allowed to be called uh, the Team Russia, the Russian Federation again, or no. is
0: it still it's, Olympic athletes no, from no still
2: Olympic Olympic athletes from Russia Russia
0: yeah um or ROC as I think is what their their acronym is that they they usually use um so Russian Russian
2: Russian Olympic Committee, Committee. Yep.
0: yeah so they're still not allowed to play under I don't know how long that I don't know how long like, that ban has come in for for Russia actually. Um, but I think
2: it's one one year for every dodgy dose a, a player was, or a, a an athlete was given, so it's about another eight thousand years, I imagine. So sometime
0: in sometime in twenty thirty something.
2: Something, yeah, <laughs> two hundred thirty something.
0: Yeah, I don't know when when that comes into effect. Um, I, yeah, um, I, so I guess, I suppose, in some ways, they're obviously not able to play under their 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 own country's flag, but. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll stop them from from wanting to try and compete and try and press. Yeah, you know, press. The reason ahead. I was
1: saying is that because it's it's happened so much now, it's sort of lost
0: its shock. So I guess it's what they're called now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, um, and <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. I think is it maybe that this is the last one. Um, I think the ban is maybe lifted after this point. Maybe after the, these Olympics, we'll have it and I think it's follow I think, up on it. As I said, I think the ban. I think this is the last Olympics where they can't. I think as of the Summer Olympics in twenty twenty four. Yes, yeah, twenty twenty four, uh, the Summer Olympics. There, they'll be able to um, go again as Russian athlete. They'll be able to go under the banner of Russian athletes um, from twenty twenty four onwards. So I think it was this the past past Summer Olympics and this Winter Olympics that they can't. So. But don't don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure that's that's accurate. <laughs> um, Dave, will I move on to my next story? Yes, go ahead with your next one. Uh, so this is my last story for for this period. Um, so this is the, uh this obviously came up uh, this week um in that the first ever female official um in the AHL um was um played her game, her first game, um, this past, w- played, played her first, officiated her first game this past weekend. Um, Katie Guy, uh, became the first woman, woman to officiate an American hockey league game, uh, when she took to the ice and dropped the puck between Wilkes Bar, Scranton Penguins and the Lay Valley Phantoms. Um, so she is the first one, um, very historic night I suppose for the AHL in that they had a, I'll say for the first time, women, woman, um, refing the game. Uh, I believe there was also a lady uh, linesman on at the same time as well. And I think the idea is they we were trying to move. I was reading a, an article that was stating that the AHL were trying to move to a game where they would have an all female, um, refing and lines, um, officiating team, should I say, um, on the ice. They're also. It was interesting also to read that um, they've also tipped um, the same ref, Kitty Guy, as the f- potentially being going to be the first female to officiate a ref in the NHL as well. Um, now, there's no no hundred percent proof saying that that's going to happen at any point, but um, she has got history and um, being obviously the first woman also to officiate in a man's NCAA. Uh, division one game as well um she also was officiating um the 2018 pyong olympics as well so she has got history so that's why i think they're if you were putting a bet on uh, i would say that you will probably be right if you thought that she might be the first female to uh, ref a nhl game so it will be interesting to see if that does happen the NHL do have 10 women officiating seven referees and three lines women uh so this season um, but she is the first one um, to do so and Kelly Cook uh, is scheduled then to take the ice then this coming Sunday as the second female ref in AHL history Um, I just thought it was a great story um, to add in Um, don't really guys any thoughts on that? Fantastic John?
2: Yeah just great to see Um, hockey is for everyone and that's on the ice um, whether it's playing or whether it's officiating that makes absolutely no difference so it's great to see
0: yeah um so it'll be interesting to see if she does um have that step up um, makes a step up if not this year then maybe next year to the nhl um as the first female official for the nhl so we'll wait and see i suppose dave that's me for this period
1: happy days um john i think you've what you have a couple of stories that lead straight on from there
2: yeah, so straight on from there. The last um, yeah again doing another follow up, guys. Um, the last podcast we spoke about um, the Team GB women were up for Olympic qualification, uh, taking part in their group in Nottingham. Um, unfortunately, they weren't just able to get across the line. Uh, although they did beat South Korea in their final game, uh, it is the Korean Koreans, sorry, who will step forward into final qualifications. But it's just a case of almost but not quite. Uh, and next time, we'll probably get them across the line. So uh, regardless of that, massive congratulations to uh, the Team GB women. Uh, they played an absolutely fantastic tournament. Um, and actually, I, I did watch um, a couple of the games. I wasn't able to watch the the last game against South Korea. Um but the, the games on free sports were absolutely fantastic. Um, and it looked like they had some brilliant support numbers down there as well. Um, so it's great to see the crowds going down for the the women's game as well. Guys, what's your thoughts?
0: Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it was, um, I, I watched the final, the final game, um, this game in particular, the South Korea game as well. I watched it. Um, and yeah, very disappointing. Uh, very disappointing uh i think it was obviously that middle game that they had or the second game i think that they had against uh if i remember correctly was it Slovakia or slovenia Slovenia. um you know they were beaten obviously by slovenia and i think obviously that was the uh I think that was obviously the tipping game that obviously um, resulted in them losing out in the qualification. Uh, just a pity, and um, because it would have been great to see um, the GB women um, moving on to those qualification, the final qualifications for the Winter Olympics. But um, it is what it is, and hopefully um, bounce back, pick up um, something in the future, and and hopefully it's not the last time they kind of get to the stage that they got to. And yeah, yep, Dave.
1: Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's it's such heartbreaking, you know. It's the same as whenever we, for how many years as we watched GB, and still watch GB struggle. But uh, now with them in top flight, it's a wee bit different. But the, the it's unbelievable that it's such a knife edge to get through these things, you know. One goal, um, if they had a draw, uh, at least if they would lost that game in overtime, I think that would have been enough um, to get through. But it, it's on un, it's unreal how how tight it is um you know you basically have to win every game um and uh you know if it comes down to one goal it uh, it's
0: heartbreaking just before we move on to to your next story John um just cuz we're, we're talking about the olympics there and I just kind of wanted to kind of just stick with the olympics for a second um moving away from the women's um aspect of the olympics did anybody else see the story uh this week about um the olympic committee having serious discussions and thoughts about removing the chinese men's hockey team from competition no no, no. so
1: what was the reason given
0: uh, the reason given I think is because so what they were doing was um I think they, the Chinese men's team were playing as um I think they were playing as a they're playing as a team currently in one of the I think the KHL leagues or something or like one of the Russian leagues at the moment somewhere, um, as part of like some kind of agreement that was made. Um now again this is all I should probably bring up the story before it being just me trying to kind of remember what I read. But something along the lines of they are obviously playing in this this league against, you know, maybe you know, semi-professional players and whatever else and they're being trounced. They're sitting at the bottom of this league and they're being trounced every week, you know, and they're not, they're not, and I suppose what the Olympic Committee are saying is that, you know, could can they really put a, a Chinese team into the Winter Olympics in ice hockey to be beaten by the likes of like, the big, like, in whatever team that, you know, whatever they whatever group they're drawn into, you know, is it going to be fair if they're going to be getting trounced 18-0 every single game? whenever you know should it be consideration for another higher team in terms of standings should be taking their place um but i think there's something about that the olympic committee were maybe going to think about a decision being made in the next two weeks whether or not they decide uh, if they're going to removed the chinese team or not i don't know i'm trying to find it to a story. be honest my
2: my opinion my opinion swings on whether gb um, make the olympics or not if gb i can't remember if gb are actually going um but if gb are there absolutely i hope china are in their group um and if gb aren't going uh no, it's probably not fair to have them get um get trounced so uh, yeah give it to another team uh, that's just missed out on qualification and uh, given that way around i hope it's gb
0: yeah, so there's there's the story there. Just um, I did I, did, I was kind of right. So they were, they were considering it because the Chinese men's ice hockey team are currently ranked thirty second in the world. Um, and obviously they're going to be going up against the likes so of the NHL stars and everything else. But they're certain they're, they're currently playing for um in the KHL for um Kulun Red Star, Beijing based team, and it's the Chinese it's the Chinese men's ice hockey team basically is made up. It's it's the Kulun Red Star, and obviously then they are what is it? they've only won 14 games in 16 matches um um bottom of that def- that you know of the league there and everything else so i think there was serious consideration and discussions being given to it so it'll be interesting to see so i'll keep an eye on that story maybe that will something that we can bring up in the next episode as well if it's like if they're going to be making a decision in the next two weeks or so
2: look at you setting up follow-ups now as well i know <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just had one other one for this period then um, that Dave tried to poach when he was doing his last-minute um, podcast preparation. But this is that um, the absolutely fantastic news that over in uh, North America, the Premier Hockey Federation, which is the, the now-renamed top flight of women's hockey, um, have managed to sign an exclusive um, broadcasting deal with ESPN uh, and ESPN+. Plus. Um, so espn plus will stream 60 regular season phf games during the 2021-22 campaign which will include the league's isabel cup playoffs and any special events that are scheduled throughout the year um guys this is absolutely brilliant news like this is a a huge number of games that are going to be on a huge platform like espn uh dave what do you think I think it's stellar. Obviously, me trying to steal it, um, and my homework's
1: not done last minute. It's just never put into the runner. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, um, okay. We believe you. <laughs>
1: um, no, I think this is uh, the the it's an unbelievable news. Um, the we talk about it every season that the 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 women's game in the United States is is just and sorry the in North America is just building year on year on year, and it's going to get to the point where it's. Um, you know, coming on par with a lot of the men's professional leagues, and uh, at sometimes uh, this is you know maybe a my own opinion but i have to say that some of the women's games are a lot more entertaining it's a different type of hockey um i personally think that it, when you're watching it, it sometimes feels that the pace is uh, more uniform um, and sometimes it feels like it's the game is going a lot faster um maybe it isn't maybe it is i do know am you know, not a professional but uh, i have to say i do thoroughly enjoy watching some of the the women's ice hockey games um it was the was it was at the white caps i think it was i've watched the last game i might be getting that name bridging it wrong but um but yeah it's uh, i can't wait to see some games and i will have to work out how we can get around to watching uh espn plus Plus in, in europe
2: i'm sure there's some less than legal manners in which you can do it marty what's your thoughts
0: um yeah i mean great um we obviously were talking about the the rebranding i suppose of this league um back uh two podcasts ago i think it was actually it was the week the the, the last part pod, of the podcast that you you weren't with us john i think we we talked about the the rebranding of the ph phf from the nwhl um uh, so it's great to see that not not only has the rebrand you know working for them in their favor but also that they're moving on to a large platform to be seen by espn the one thing i will say about espn is um not only, I mean, obviously they, they took on this year, they got the rights for the NHL too. And some of the stuff that they've been doing with the NHL, the camera work, some of the little features and stuff are fantastic. I don't know if you've seen any of the games yet this season. Um, It's, you know, some of the stuff that they've been doing is really, really, it's, it's great stuff. But also ESPN has seemed to be really just like at the moment just Doubling up uh, any opportunity they're getting for ice hockey because they've also announced today the uh exclusive deal and exclusive rights to the KHL and be showing KHL games as well on ESPN so they're really um throwing together their their hockey um straight away onto that that service so um again just another to, to put the this to put the women's game um the premier hockey federation up with two other mainstream uh you know leagues across the world is, uh, is a bold statement, It's a large statement I think
1: Happy days, um, then we'll move on to the penalty box um, so I put in a piece here, um, as, as Marty said earlier, the penalty box is where we talk about fines, bans when players are bold um, we probably could have put Evander Kane down here every week, um, but this week um, I put um, Joe Thornton, he had been fined for a slash on uh, Lightning player Boris Kachov. Kachov, that's right. Yeah, close enough uh, for a slash. And have is it, have you seen the slash?
2: I mean, it's a very unfortunate going, place. Big jumbo going for Kachov's big jumbo.
1: Yeah, it is shocking. It's not necessarily the hardest slash, but dear God, I wouldn't want it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> positioning wise, positioning wise, you've got to hope that Kachuk was wearing a, an athletic cup. <sighs>
1: Um, and this is where we were um, talking about the the clarity um, piece. So first of all, that whenever you search, um, so I done, I literally, when I was looking this up, um, I found the article, and then I wanted to find the NHL version of it, and I typed into Google, Joe Thornton find, and not even the top pop result. The um, Google reads an article and finds the find, so when you type it in, the find comes up, the value, so it's one thousand eight hundred and seventy-five. Um, Google doesn't even bring up an article; just tells you the fine, which means that it's published um, and unofficial. Um, and like we're the elite league, obviously. With our last piece, when we were talking about it, didn't even a note to how much it was. Never mind where it's gone. Um, but yeah. Under $2,000, as I said before the podcast. It's like somebody taking a fiver off me. Um, Yes, I'd be annoyed, but I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Um, but uh, what do you think, um, John?
2: I think, to be fair, um, like with this one... It is. A, don't get me wrong. It is a slash. It is unfortunate placement um, for the slash, but the the amount is is set within the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement that the players have with the league. Um, so this is the maximum allowed fine uh, for this. So and then also we we know the biggest difference is that this goes towards the the players uh, benevolent fund uh, as well so that's it's two grand that's gone into the benevolent fund for other players and players with injuries and all the rest of it um and that's that sort of clarity like you said um is exactly what we haven't got from the elite league let's be fair the elite league has moved on leaps and bounds from what it was but this proves that there's still a long way for them to go and i think that's the point that you were making dave
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And uh, there's another piece when you watch it, you see uh, Big Thornton look at him in the eyes just before he does it, which gets me. Um, What are your thoughts, uh,
0: Marty? Yeah, pretty much what you guys have said. Nothing really of of note else to add. I mean, um, the fact that, you know, it's so night and day, I I guess the Elite League is in early stages of this kind of idea of fines as their main method of disciplinary action. So maybe, you know, in a few years, to, maybe in a year or two to come, I keep giving them the benefit right, that maybe something will change and they'll kind of be more transparent, similar to what the NHL is. Um, and that's the only thing I've really got the note on it. Um, I think, yeah, that's it. I think you guys have already kind of said everything that needs to be said about that.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah, I would love to see the League follow suit and even just telling us where it's going as we've already just sort of went on about a bit but uh, yeah we'll see how it goes and I think that's the end of period two
2: and that takes us on to period three which is our general knocky news Hockey news. Then is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we want to have a chat about. And normally it tends to be on the slightly lighter side of things, and definitely this time it is. Um, and we're all over the world uh, this week on Hockey News, and we're going to start locally. Marty, um, we're coming up to Halloween here, and as the Elite League loves to do, there's going to be special jerseys everywhere. But um, it looks like somebody has been copying somebody else's homework on this one.
0: Yeah, um, obviously, as you say, John, um, we're probably in for every single team playing over next next weekend. We'll have some form of hockey or Halloween themed hockey jersey of some description. Um, I mean, ourselves here in Belfast last year, we had, you know, our hockey ones in the year before we had also had that. Everyone can remember the Gul Hocus, which is just perfect name for a <laughs> Halloween jersey. Um, but This week, uh, the first of those jerseys um, have been revealed and two teams in particular have revealed their jerseys for Halloween. uh, That being the Sheffield Steelers and the second team being the Coventry Blaze. Now, what makes these um, interesting is they were both released on the same day. So they both posted their jerseys on the 14th of October, um, about an hour um, between each other. Um, Sheffield were the first team to put their jersey up, followed by Coventry. So you can argue who copied who in relation to this, but definitely someone copied someone else's homework. Uh, the jerseys are strikingly similar uh, in that the when looking at them, at the front of the jerseys. Um, they clearly show a skeleton ribcage on the left-hand side as you look at the jersey. It'll be the right-hand side as the players are wearing them. Um, but they have an exposed ribcage um, on both. Um, the Steelers have went for like a exposed rib cage with a rip on their jersey. Um, uh, whereas Coventry have kind of went for a more of a hole in the jersey with an exposed ribcage. Both also uh, with blood splatters in quite similar areas too. Um but yeah, so I, th- I think it's a case of who copied who when it comes to um the jerseys guys um let's we like a good jersey on this on this podcast obviously um no secret there everyone jokes around about the fact we like a good uh, a good jersey on this podcast um your thoughts on the pot- i mean first off let's go with your thoughts on who has the better who better jersey that's first and secondly who copied who you thought copies who, copied who uh John we'll go with you first.
2: Nobody. Nobody wins out of that contest. They're both (laughs) awful. Um, My favourite part of all of this is that it was so avoidable as well because Sheffield actually had two designs that they put out on Twitter. Um, I can't remember if it was a week before this announcement was made. Um, And this was the design that won. So you could potentially argue that uh, the producer, and these are two separate producers as well. So make that clear that this isn't a case of um, a Jersey producer, just not deciding to tweak a couple of things and like change their homework and hope the teachers don't notice Um, you've got Rhino on one side and you've got five on three on the other side. Um, But yeah, the fans for Sheffield have picked a a terrible design uh, for a Halloween Jersey. and my biggest problem with it is that the slashes that go through it break apart the actual team logo, um, so they're actually like breaking up their own identity just to be Halloweeny, which just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and the the, the Coventry one—it just—it looks like a first-year um, graphic design student designed it. And <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Um, <laughs> actually, what, I mean,
2: they both—they both look like a first-year graphic design. See if Matty Harvey got his hands on these things; like, he would make something absolutely stunning. Like, the Giants announced today that there will be some kind of um, special jerseys, and if they come up with something like this, like, uh, I'm just, yeah, not even gonna. Um, I, I might actually, I might actually have to get my dick out early and just wear a Christmas jersey for Halloween if they're really bad design. Uh, Dave, do you, have a, do you have a Halloween jersey? I have a Halloween jersey, yeah A uh,
1: game one, I haven't looked at life of me I can't remember who it was um, But yes, I do <laughs> It's in a box somewhere um, Which I'll get be unpacking when I get my new office sorted um, But yeah I'll be wearing mine um, If I'm at the game, we'll see
0: uh, And what's your thoughts um, on these jerseys?
1: A sort of mirror A bit of what uh, John was saying there, I know that the Halloween jerseys are a bit of fun But I don't i yeah. do the two of them personally think that the coventry one is nicer but they're not very nice either of them. but no. answer me this mm-hmm. is it not a league requirement to have the uh, league logo on your jersey
0: yeah um does, does, it's
1: not on the sheffield jersey
0: oh well, maybe they just haven't added it in on the mock-up um yeah also, the, but, the mock- also, i also
1: think it's really weird that I also think it's really weird because, yeah, they broke their logo, but all their uh, uh, sponsors are, aren't broken up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. It looks like something like someone just used paint and just went, let's stick yeah. them on now. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be an interesting one. The, my two my two observations. The first thing I'm going to say is the Coventry one. The only thing I wanted to add was five on three who designed that jersey did come on underneath and basically tried to defend the have defended jersey by saying that the jersey was uh, a design from last year. Uh, a winner from last year's jersey competition which was still held during lockdown uh and it was like we've done this way before steelers released their design so we're before <laughs> uh, that was the first thing the second thing about the steelers one um that i did notice that i kind of thought was quite funny and i seen someone commented underneath it, and i totally agree with it is it looks like they've been sliced uh by a panther um so you know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty funny um we're not going to get into the the only thing i would say about uh for anybody who's interested um it does look like this is a different thread from the one initially that was up. Uh, but the Shef- but Sheffield did have when Sheffield put this up, there was a there's a a photo going around, uh, a very unfortunate photo going around of a recent game where a fan. We won't get into too much detail around whether or not she's been created or not or whatever. Um, We have our thoughts on that. But a fan, there's a photograph going around of a fan in the Sheffield, a Sheffield fan wearing a Sheffield jersey who decided that oh, his God, decision hey. was to have COVID-19 as his name and number on the back of his jersey. A couple of major things flawed there about it um which we won't get into too much but uh underneath that was quite a originally the post had some pretty funny tweets under it about like what number are you are going to get under your uh, on the back of your jersey uh but i have noticed that quite a lot of the ones that wore up are now completely gone so i'm going to guess that maybe the Steelers the, the Steelers didn't find it just as funny so they decided to maybe delete some of those posts i don't know but there was definitely yeah, there's
2: some still, there is one there's one or two that are still up but what i would call a little bit spicy are still up there but yes. yeah absolutely one of the worst ones that we we all know what it was yeah it has definitely been taken it's down. Gone. it was in poor taste yes it, it was in poor taste and regardless of what you think about the sheffield fan who has had this jersey produced and we we've discussed it and we've said that there were problems all the way from production all the way through to this customer who's had this done and to be 100% fair we have heard reports of a Devils fan who has done the same thing so we don't want to say that we're having to go at the Steelers or this fan in particular we just think that's in very very poor taste ourselves um, but yeah a few people were having a go at the well the Steelers exposed ribs uh, on these jerseys uh, so to speak
0: yeah John that's me
2: okay um, sorry I'm having to get back and figure out where we're actually going with this now um so, for me then, Preds. It took me, yeah, just Preds. We're what a week and a half into the NHL proper season now, and uh, yeah, the Preds decided to roast themselves really, really badly. And actually, and as a Preds fan, I thought it was in really poor taste. The Seattle Kraken are in their maiden season in the NHL. They lost their opener to Vegas. Their next stop on their whistle stop tour of the NHL was in Nashville uh, with the Predators, and the Predators lost, giving the Seattle Kraken their first win in franchise history. Cue the next morning, and the Predators put out a tweet With the whole tongue-in-cheek thing that people have had about Nashville, about raising banners for everything, the Predators put a social media tweet out there with a banner that said gave the Seattle Kraken their first franchise victory. That rubbed me up completely the wrong way. Like There is having a joke, and then there's absolutely roasting yourself when you've lost two league games in a row. Now, admittedly, after that, they did actually come out last night and they won their first game of the season. But I'm sorry, that's in poor taste. When you haven't won a game yet, stop roasting yourself for losing a game. It's it's not on. Like, guys, you're. I, I already know you guys are going to have a go at me for this one but uh, and have a go at the Preds. But what's your thoughts on this, Dave? Uh, yeah,
1: and I've seen it. I thought it was uh, a take. I thought you've done it up yourself. And I was like... Oh, fair enough. I thought that was a bit weird. But then I just looked at it and I was like, oh my God, they actually put that out themselves, you know, and it's, I don't know if, I wouldn't even know, see if that happened in the wild doing something like that. There's a good chance I would just rage quit the season, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just it's done. Um, I don't even know where you go from there, you know, I know that they're trying to, They're maybe what they're trying to do is maybe get out in front of it. You know, they they now own it, so it's not funny anymore, maybe, Um, but there's a good chance that, like I currently believe that 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 is has been made up, and it will be going up into the rafters in their next game. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, don't even start. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, Marty. What's your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I, we always joke around about the, um, you know, Nashville like a good uh, banner and throw a banner up for anything and everything. But I see your point, John. I mean, I, I just. I agree that it's it's, it's in poor taste like I can see kind of like what the social media were probably trying to do Um, in terms of kind of as similar as what they've what said trying to get in front of it and own it I suppose in some ways and that you know okay we'll take responsibility we lost but it was done in very poor taste and I, I think it, it's a joke that they've tried to make at at themselves which just goes down like a lead balloon to be honest um, I don't think it was in the right taste and it's just not as funny as I think they thought it was
2: yeah, it's a, a total social media backfire, if I'm perfectly honest. And there were quite a lot of Preds fans who felt the same way as me and uh, kind of gave off to the team about that one. But that said, uh, the Kraken are obviously the new kids on the block, and uh, they got that first win. Before that, they went to Philly, and uh, Philly did. Um, they they beat them as well, and. Uh, This is a case of where a team's social media got it right, guys. And because Aaron's not here, I am bringing up Gritty. Everyone knows that I think he is just absolute hellspawn and should not be allowed on social media or just shouldn't exist at all. But uh, Gritty was on Twitter and decided to have a bit of a, a joke at the expense of the Kraken, who I believe at this point haven't announced their official mascot. So Gritty unveiled in inverted commas, um, Cuddles, the Seattle Kraken mascot, who I think actually might just turn out to be one of Gritty's um, gritty guards in a, let's call it an expert disguise. <laughs> um, and he gets, uh, yeah, he gets, I don't want to say do i want to say gritty pied do i want to say cream pied do i want to say nothing <laughs> I, do i just want people to look at the video themselves and decide what happens but yeah i think this is this is a reaction to playing the kraken and, and putting it on social media that works um and aaron this is just for you because you're not here um we thought we'd throw something flyers and something gritty up for you um guys what's what do you think did gritty get it right marty
0: yeah it's it was funny um i i just right down to just like how bad the uh you know the, the costume is that they've obviously got this per man wearing and, and then obviously then the worst name you could think of in the whole entire world cuddles i'm just like everything about it just was right um follow up by that pain i just think yeah it's perfect i i, I don't think you could have got i could have done any wrong but then i'm a big fan of of gritty i think it's i think it's hilarious
2: and dave <laughs> I, I
1: i do think it's great um um as much as he's the um, when you stare at him in the eyes, you go to a certain place in hell, but uh, I do think <laughs> I do think he's a great addition to the uh, to the flyers. It's uh, it's made it you know that sort of bit of tongue in shake, um, having a bit of a laugh, and he really does it well. Um, and the this here whole take with the um fake mascot, and it would be you know, you know, it would be even better. As if the Kraken owned it, and made their mascot called Cuddles,
2: just be a nicer suit. <laughs> well,
0: to
2: be fair, I do, I do like the concept that um, their their mascot would be Cuddles because he clearly has eight arms to give really, yep. really good cuddles.
0: I, I'm just <laughs> intrigued to see. Um, I, I'm going to be. I'm interested to see what um, Kraken do come up with in terms of um, the you know what they decide to go for for their mascot, because um, obviously they'll they'll have to reveal one sooner or later. So uh, it's interesting to see what it's going to be
2: yep um it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see um what comes up uh, when they finally do reveal something uh with that then guys that takes us to the end of period three and uh, there's nothing in the penalty box for period three it's kind of rare for us to have something in there so that takes us on to i think the first and inaugural um star segment of the season uh, possibly the first time in almost what almost two years that we're going to have a star segment um the star segment then is where each of us has the opportunity to highlight uh, a player or a team or a particular goal um, or, or anything really that we think has to be specifically highlighted as being outstanding. Um, I notice in this one, uh, Dave, you're hardly typing away here. Yep, got, um,
1: just, just got, in yours
2: in. got yours in just in time there, so we'll, we'll allow it. Um, So this time around, obviously, we've got three stars to go through. The three of us have put something forward. Um, Guys, I'm going to go with mine first. Um, I'm going to go with um, Kevin Rain of the Belfast Giants. Um, The man who, I'll be honest, who I expected to wear the C this year for the Giants, uh, but instead is the the full-time A Uh, the full-time assistant captain, um, regardless of home or away. Um, He had two goals in Coventry, um, the same as his last visit to Coventry before um, COVID meant a a stop to the league. Um, But one of them, his second goal was an absolute wildy, coast to coast, from his own defensive zone, very much... Robbie Sandrock against Craig Kowalski that except there was no goalie it was an empty net goal I've got to give it this but it was right in the heart of the goal um, and it was just absolutely I love those coast to coast goals um, and for that reason Kevin Rain is my nomination for the star Uh, Dave I'm going to leave yours till last because I pretty much gave you this one uh, but Marty um, I'm going to come to you for yours um, because you've gone for uh, a player from the same game actually
0: yeah, um I'm gonna go on to that in a second, but I do wanna comment just on yours, John. Um Kevin Ryan was probably um obviously we kinda of came up with a decision last season or, or the last full season that we made a decision around how the star segment was gonna work and we had said that we'd try to try and be that each person would put on something different as part of the star segment and then we'll we'll have a vote on who got who got you know which vote gets the most. Um, you know whoever gets the most votes for their their star will will win. So obviously I had to go with a different one because you'd already put Kevin Ryan in, and i are not taking anything away from my from my select my who I selected because I think it's a it's a worthy select uh, worthy um, person to put in for the star segment. But I wanted to comment on the Kevin Ryan one two things. Uh, the first goal for me was just that that ripper of a goal, um, top shelf of um, raising the. Um, the, the drink you know the bottle off the top of the the goal the, the goals was just unbelievable but what made it really funny was um uh, um someone that we know quite well one of the other um some one of the co-hosts of uh a few from the bridge joel neal uh put up i don't know if you've seen he put up this cracking this brilliant twitter post which makes me laugh even now thinking about it which was just like you know um was like if, if you see he put up two posts the first one was like um belfast if you get a chance um there's a rare sighting of a stray rain puck about to shoot across the sky kind of thing in the western direction <laughs> really good and then about five minutes later he put up a video of him like of a puck just go through the sky <laughs> That's, it's really well done i'll see if we find it show you it because it was really good but kevin rain definitely worth noting my choice though uh has to be uh conway um who scored his first hat trick um I believe his first hat-trick for the Belfast Giants, um, but it was a hat-trick nonetheless uh, in that same game um, and I think is definitely worthy of uh, the star for this week.
2: Okay. Um, Dave, you're the only one of us who's not sticking with either the Elite League or, in fact, our own Belfast Giants, um, and I did share this with you because you hadn't seen it from last night. Uh, you've gone wild.
1: Yep, yeah, Marcus Fellino with a uh, Superman punch, which is by far the best thing I've seen in ages. Um, He just uh, skates up, and winds up and <laughs> tries to smack the guy in the face. It's unreal. Um, and the the look of like shock and disdain this opponent has at the same time is just priceless. Um, really worth the watch. Um, obviously, don't condone fighting whatsoever, but it is really worth the watch. Um, and yes, John cheers for sharing that, because I missed, I, as I said, I haven't got a chance to watch any of the wild games, um, but that was a cracking uh, highlight to pick up on.
2: I was the the funniest thing of that whole situation is the Jets player. He is just looking and going, y- "You're gonna try and do what now?" <laughs> like it is. And Marty, you you are our resident wrestling uh, guy, and you did put the comment in that sort of Roman Reigns eat your heart out.
0: Exactly. It was a definitely a Roman Reigns uh, special.
2: It was. As he was going for the finisher straight off the bell um, so there we go guys that is our three nominations this time around for the star we start with myself with Kevin Rain then we've got Marty. what's um, Conway's first name again? Scott Conway Scott Conway so Scott Conway is Marty's nomination, um, I'm exposing myself as an absolutely terrible Belfast Giants fan and Dave you are going with Brendan, Ful- or sorry Marcus Foligno Marcus um, Fellino, yeah Marcus Felino not Brendan Fellino. I don't know who that guy is. It was Brendan <laughs> Dillon. He tried to Superman punch. So there you go. Yes. If anyone's as confused as I am, good luck on voting. The only name that I knew off the top of my head there was my own, and that's Kevin Rain, who clearly should win. Um, guys, that is the end of the Star segment. Marty, I'm going to hand back to you.
0: Yeah, um, that's. Uh, I've got one more story just to add in um, just before the end of the podcast. And actually, this is just a story that has, honest, has honestly just went up um, on Twitter as of maybe about 20 minutes not even 15 Um, so uh, this is the Glasgow clan have just put out a um, statement on the future of the Brayhead arena Um, there's still a bit of uncertainty around um, the Brayhead arena and Glasgow's uh, I suppose season coming up I mean, we are literally two weeks away from them joining the season um, with the first league games and they still had no uh, decision around what was happening with the ice there in Brayhead. Um, but as of this evening, Glasgow clan-sponsored uh, Asprey Glasgow West are delighted to announce that the following months of highly complex negotiations, an agreement has now been reached relating to the future of the Brayhead Arena. The agreement now means that the recommissioning of the ice plant can get underway to ensure that ice is available as soon as possible for the Glasgow clan paisley pirates and other ice users so up until this point there was actually no agreement that they could actually restart the ice plant which is quite an interesting one given the fact that they're two weeks away from starting to play uh supporters will have noticed that the majority of the 2021 2022 roster is already in scotland with many players joining in the next 48 hours ready to start training camp in dumfries next week um it's what's not- that
2: what's that other place name marty I'm, I'm reading the same piece what's that other place name i don't
0: know <laughs> Why you, oh, why? Why did you have to know I was reading it? Uh, 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 it's a Scottish name. I'm going to try and butcher a Scottish name. It's going to be something like an or something. It's going to be something stupid. But is it like Aachen o- Havry? O- How do you say O-Havry.
2: it? Aachen You were close. You were close. Aken Harvey.
0: <laughs> because clearly that's what it looks like. Um. So basically, yeah, there you go. So uh, as of this evening, they can officially confirm that the home venue um, will be up and running in time for those games. Um, so I just wanted to add that in before we finished this week's episode um, any thoughts on that guys before I move on
2: that's great to hear um, that was the one thing I think that was still hovering over the return of the clan uh, they'd obviously confirmed that they were um, planning to come back into the league but obviously without an agreement on the rink uh, or the arena if they want to call themselves an arena team but they're not really they're a shopping centre team um, from just outside Glasgow so um, but yeah, it, it's great to have it confirmed and we're 100% moving forward. It's, it's a 10 team league, guys.
0: Yep, 10 team league, indeed. Um, we will, um, obviously, that takes us to the end of this week's episode because um, our, with Aaron not being here, unfortunately, we don't get to round off our episode with our ABCs of hockey as we normally would, which is obviously very sad for us all because it's one of the segments we enjoy. Um, as part of our podcast um, so hopefully we can get back on to our ABCs of Hockey next um, episode uh, guys we'll also maybe do a wee bit of a review probably in the next episode um because obviously it'll be the the one after Halloween so all of the jerseys from the Halloween period will be uh, revealed so maybe we'll have a, a kind of a look again um, at those Halloween jerseys, um, and we'll get your thoughts on which ones you think were the best over the course of this week. Is well, next weekend coming? Um, so we'll we'll maybe pencil that. We're gonna out have for, to try hard to be worse. Yeah, we'll pencil out into our agenda for the next episode. Um, with that that brings our episode to an end for this week as usual you can get in touch with us on the social media channels twitter uh, facebook and instagram at door 14 hockey you can check out our previous podcasts and look at all of the content and stuff that we talked about in this podcast on our website at door14hockey.com um, and yeah just get involved chat with us let us know your thoughts and opinions um, on anything hockey related um, coming up or uh, anything that you catches your attention and um, share it with us we'll be glad to uh, hear your thoughts thoughts and also to discuss it in future episodes so uh don't be hesitant to give us a wee shout um guys with that we'll sign off for this week i'm marty and dave i'm john have a great week